So is everybody doing okay today? Yeah? yeah? Alive and well? Very good. Well, I'm excited because we're starting a brand new series today. You may can guess what it is. Anybody remember what they said? Holy habits. That's right. Holy habits. And I began to pray about the fall. And I know that uh, we're entering into this fall season and everybody, uh, we know the seasons obviously change a little bit. I mean, kind of in the low country, but uh, it, the seasons change, right? And as we get into the fall season, people are uh, kind of getting in a, a new rhythm, right? A new rhythm. Some kids are going back to school. Uh, jobs are kind of repositioning back because sometimes people travel over the summer. And, and so it's like you kind of put your head down a little bit and kick into another gear. And so as we head into that new season, uh, I really just felt led to say, well, what are some habits that we should put into place as we head into this new season? What are some pieces of the puzzle that we should put in first uh, to help us walk closely with God? And then as life happens, because life happens, right? Uh, I could probably fill your day without even knowing you, right? Like I could, I could tell you about a hundred different things to do with your day. And the world is like that, right? The world can tell us all these different things that we can do. And so uh, we're going to look at some of those. So uh, here's where we're going to be today. Acts chapter 2 is our main verse. And then Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. That's our, those are our uh, base verses that we're going to center on. But I want to pray for us and ask God to speak to our hearts during this time. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bibles or you, you have trouble pulling it up, we're going to put it on the screens for you as well. Uh, again, my name is Daniel Kaznave. I'm the pastor here at The Bridge. We are honored that you would be here this morning. And if you have any questions, please let us know. We always put a what we call a connect card in your seat. So if you want more information about anything in our church, you can just simply fill that card out, drop it in the offering box, or stop by the Connect Center, drop it off. We'll get that information to you. But let's pray and ask God to speak to our hearts uh, during this time. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much for everything that you are doing. God, I pray that uh, you would just take these next few moments and I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, I pray that your holy and powerful word will begin to penetrate and begin to, to sink into our hearts and minds. And I pray that it would just teach us, God. I pray that it will direct us and I pray that you would mold us into your image. And I pray that uh, for some of us in the room and listening online, I pray that it would encourage us. I pray that it would lift us up. I pray that it would give us strength, maybe a strength, God, that we didn't even know that we could have. But walking with you, you give us that supernatural strength. God, I pray that you would just uh, bring revelation and clarity into our lives. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase, God. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. So when we talk about habits, uh, I'm, I'm sure you have heard that term come up a lot, right? And we all, I believe, have good habits and we also have bad habits, right? Uh, some good habits may be uh, where you maybe started exercising and you have the habit of walking or working out or whatever that may look like. A good habit may be you just picked up eating healthy, right? Uh, maybe you're uh, eating your avocado in the morning and your eggs and you're cutting out some sugar in your coffee. You're like, Daniel, that's 
that's crazy. We're not doing that. But, um, but whatever it may be, you pick up that good habit, right? But there's also, um, there's also bad habits, right? We can pick up bad habits like biting our nails or popping our fingers or uh, it, it could be the habit of, I know in, in this day and age, if we get any kind of downtime, even if it's like 13 seconds, we have a habit of, or I know I do, uh, I'll pull my phone out, right? And I'll start scrolling on something. And I could be standing in line at the post office. I was actually at the post office the other day. Um, it's a joyous occasion. And you, the, the line was long, right? And so uh, I noticed almost everybody in line, we were all just kind of scrolling, looking down at our phones, right? And it just becomes a habit. And a habit is something that we start doing. Uh, and in fact, we start doing it so uh, frequently that we don't even think about it. It becomes almost unconscious, right? Uh, I, you may think of different habits that you have in your life of those things that just become unconscious. You just kind of wake up and you do them, right? Like you know, all those things begin to happen in our lives. And as we think about our relationship with God, and we think about holy habits. My prayer is that we can develop some holy habits, some habits that help us grow closer to God, some habits that feed our faith. And we do these things almost to the point it's like, oh, I didn't even think about it. I, I guide up and I did this. And this is feeding my faith. And this is helping me move closer to God. And, and so they become almost second nature to us. And so that's my prayer as we think about this. But that's the habit side. But we have to look at the holy side a minute, right? Because if we look in Scripture, you may be asking the question, what does it mean to be holy and why should we have a holy habit? And Daniel, what in the world is a holy habit, right? But we see in Scripture that God is calling us to what is called holiness. And I want to show you here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, and it reads like this. But now you must be holy, in everything you do, just as God chose you, is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. What a charge, right? And when I read that first off and I begin to look at it and think about it, it's a little almost discouraging. You begin to think about the holiness of God. And we look at this word holiness, it means set apart. I mean, it's separate. And God, of course, in his character and in his nature, he is set apart because he is pure. He is holy, right? But he's calling us as his people to be set apart in the world, right? And that through Jesus Christ, the only way that you and I can be made right is through Jesus, right? And then he starts to change us and mold us into the image of God. And so what are some of those daily acts? And so this is my definition of holy habit. You guys ready? We're going to put it on the screens for you as well. Holy habits are daily acts, that feed our faith and move us closer to God. Holy habits are daily acts that move us closer to God and feed our faith. And you think about those two things because when we feed our faith in Christ, when we feed our faith in God, God begins to mold and shape and direct our lives because faith is in the, the assurance of things that are unseen. And when you and I have faith in something, even though the world or the situation or the circumstance that's in front of us may say one thing, we can have faith, right? Because God gives us faith through his word. I can say, you know what? This looks terrible and it could be terrible, but I'm going to move forward in faith, right? Because I believe well, God will work all things out for the glory, glory of those who love him, right? And so we move and operate in faith, but we have to feed 
our faith, right? And there's another piece of this. This is not in my notes. Uh, but you know the Bible teaches us in Ephesians that there's a spiritual battle going on, right? There's a spiritual battle for us to pull away from God. And so these daily acts of habits that we can create in our lives help us stay, stay, uh, stay. I'm not even using correct English. You guys hear me? They help us moving closer to God. They help us to feed our faith, and they become habits to where we step into those every single day. And for our church, our uh, vision statement is connecting people to Jesus daily. And I remember when we launched our church, we said we got to have that word daily in there because it's not a Sunday morning thing. This is a lifestyle, right? Like this is pursuing Jesus with everything that we have. And so those daily acts that we have. And so we may be looking and going, well, why should I feed my faith? And why should I move closer to God? And I'm thinking about this. This is a, this is a big teaching moment. You guys okay? This is good. I just feel like leaning into this a little bit. But when we look at that definition, and Mark, can I pull that back up real quick? The definition that has it on the bottom there. Because when we look at the, um, the definition of that feed our faith and then move us closer to God. When we look at that word, move closer to God, we may be thinking, well, God is omnipresent, right? He's everywhere. So how can I move closer to God? And we're not talking about proximity here. We're talking about in relationship. We're talking about, I want to move into a deeper relationship, this intimacy with God, this knowing him more and growing in that relationship of what that can look like. Because it, we see in scripture that when we start to renew our minds, God begins to do something in us. And we see that the Holy Spirit will start to produce the fruits of the spirit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? We begin to see these things, the fruit of following the Holy Spirit, the fruit of yielding to the Holy Spirit when we live into that. But God gives us an opportunity to walk and to uh, be led by the Holy Spirit. And so these holy habits help us to do that. And so I like to look back because when I think about holy habits or I think about the church, I usually want to go back and go, okay, what did Jesus do or what did the early church do? You know, so as I look in scripture, how can we learn from them of what some of the habits that they created? And we're going to be through this whole series, we're going to be looking at both of those throughout Scripture. And so I want to take us to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 42 through 47, because the early church, this is a, a pretty incredible chapter if you go back and read it, because uh, the early church has just begun. Jesus has died on the cross. He has rose again. He told them, I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you will know. And he will start guiding you and he will start directing you. And we see in the early part of Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. It's the day of Pentecost. And they begin to preach in unknown languages. And it says that right there in that moment that thousands of people came to know Jesus. Right there in a moment when the Holy Spirit began to move. And then the early church started meeting for one of the first times without Jesus. And so Jesus was, he, he was guiding, he was directing them, and then now they're in charge. They're just like us. They're trying to gather. They're trying to figure this thing out. What are we supposed to do? And so they take scripture, they take what Jesus taught them, and here's a picture, a description of some of the habits that they did as a church. And so Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Everybody still good? It says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
a a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What a picture, right? And you saw uh, the words that he emphasized there, each day, right? It wasn't just a Sunday morning thing. This was a lifestyle for the early church. They were meeting and learning and growing and all of these. These were like habits to them. It was second nature and each day they were pursuing these habits together as a church. And then I love to see how the Lord blessed it. It said that each day God added to their number. And when we planted this church, I was like, I'm praying for the day that more people get saved on Monday than on Sunday, right? Because the church is unleashed into the world. And we're not just here in this room, but we're all in our jobs. We're in our families and we're sharing the hope of the gospel everywhere we go. And that we can see the Lord adding to our number each day and he's talking about salvation he's talking about the restoration that the people have and so i want to look at the first couple here that are so important and it says all the leaders devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and so what they were teaching was scripture they were taking the old testament but also taking new testament principles that jesus was teaching them Uh, because during this time they were they were still developing the new testament the holy spirit was still working in the early disciples as they started writing the New Testament, they were teaching the principles that Jesus had taught them, right? And so for you and I, we get to open this up and we get to read it. But for the apostles, they were teaching what Jesus had taught them. These new, this new covenant, these new principles, everything that we're reading here is pretty incredible. And then it says that they enjoyed the fellowship uh, together. And then it says to prayer, Right, And he kind of encaps those uh, of diving into the word and in prayer. And I love that those was the, almost the, the bookends, the big pieces that they would do together. These were huge holy habits for them together. And I, I was talking to one of my boys this weekend and they were like, hey, dad, just a random question. Because, you know, that's how kids are, right? You just get a random question one day. Uh, hey, dad, uh, what's more important, eating healthy or exercising? And I was like, uh, uh, right? And I, I, I thought about this quote. You may have heard this quote before. And I was like, it's kind of like asking me what's better, breathing in or breathing out, right? Like you need both. Like you can eat healthy and that is great. And on the inside, you're going to feel good. But at some point you have to start exercising too, right? You get the blood flow and muscles change and all of those different things, right? But it, you need both. And as we look at, somebody may ask, well, what's more important? Should I, should I spend time in prayer or should I open up God's word and begin to read and to soak in God's word? And for you and I to remember both, right? It's kind of like breathing in and breathing out. We need to see God's word. We need to take it in. And for you and I, it almost needs to be second nature. And if we ever feel like, you know what? I need a word from God. You ever felt that before? You feel like, I wish God would just speak to me. I just wish I need some encouragement and a habit for you and I. When we think that, we should go, okay, let me open up God's word. Let me soak this in. Let me, let me see what God has for me today. And you'll be so surprised that when we start to read scripture, it's like, how did God know? 
Right? Like, how did he know that I needed this chapter today? How did the Holy Spirit know? How did God start to work in me in this chapter? And it's so amazing. And then God begins. Here's another uh, beautiful thing, because you could read this for years. I was reading Ephesians chapter 3 the other day, and I got to verse 10, and I read it. And just my, the Holy Spirit began to jump in me because it was like a new layer of revelation. I was like, wow, this is incredible. What does this mean? I started looking up things and reading commentaries like, what is this? And, and, and so it's just this new joy of hopeful expectation because God's word is a direct revelation of who God is. And you and I, we get to open up his word and we get to get a picture of who the creator of the universe who breathes out stars. And every time we open up his word, it's like God is speaking to us. We even see in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That was one of the very first Bible verses that I ever memorized. Because I was looking through and I was like, How do, why is scripture so important? I need to see a piece of scripture that, that tells me why it's so important. And, and I remember discovering that verse. And I was like, oh, this one's good. I need to remember this verse, right? Because all scripture is God breathed. It's God speaking to you directly. It's God speaking to me directly. And every time, God, this is such a treasure for you and I to be able to open it up in the creative universe. Go, hey, this is for you. This is who I am. This is who I want to shape and mold you to be. Right. And we see that because they were teaching this, they were teaching what Jesus had taught them. And for because I want to zero in on this a little bit and say, well, how do we create holy habits around those two things? Reading scripture and prayer, because it's like breathing in and breathing out for a Christian. We need both of those things every single day to feed our faith and to move us closer to God, to spending time with him. And so I, I was drawn immediately to Matthew chapter six. And that's another if you read two chapters this week, I would go back and read Acts two and the whole chapter of Matthew chapter six, because it is slam packed with power so much good teaching that jesus begins to teach through prayer and all of these different aspects and then he starts to preach on anxiety he starts to preach on worry he starts to preach on uh, how do we interact how do we live in our day to day world without the world and the weight of it crushing us like how do we do that right and he begins to teach and he gets to this gym in matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and he says this, and we're going to spend the rest of our time in this verse, and we'll close and uh, go on about our day. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so if you go back and read Matthew chapter 6, you see that he's talking about that how he clothes the birds in the air and how he brings all the flowers into light and how he create, takes care of the world around us. And he is saying, hey, if you will seek me, trust me and seek me first and my righteousness, all of these things, I'll take care of you too. I'll provide for you too if you will trust me, if you will seek me first. And so if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down because this is a pretty bold statement. But I, I believe this verse kind of helps direct us to this. The most important act we can do is to spend time with God. The most important act that you and I can do as a Christ follower is to spend time with God. 
And if you're like me, like I, I, I wrote that first down and I was like, well, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. what about this? What about this? What about this? Right? Like my mind just starts racing with, I got to take care of my kids and I got to do this. I got to make money to survive and all of these things. Right? But if we read this verse, he says, seek me first, seek my kingdom first, trust me and I will help take care of all of the rest. And I believe is an act of worship and an act of faith. For you and I to take our day, take our schedule and go, you know what, God, the most important thing I can do for me, the most important thing I can do for my marriage, the most important thing I can do for my kids, for my friendships, for my coworkers, for every aspect of my life is to spend some time with my Savior. Right To spend some time so that he can show me how I interact. He can show me how to love my wife. He can show me how to raise my kids. He can show me how I'm supposed to act in a sales deal. Right. He can show me how I interact with the boss. And in fact, scripture even teaches us how to deal with our enemies. Right, like He covers all of these bases. But for you and I to spend time with him, for him to mold us and direct us and guide us is a powerful thing. But we have to first have the perspective. The most important thing that I can do is to spend time with God. And I love these uh, first few words. And if you were here last week, if you didn't get a chance, you can listen to the message online. Uh, it kind of set up this whole series because you, we can get hyper-focused on habits, right? And the Pharisees were super hyper-focused on habits, right? They were like, oh, I read this many chapters in the day. Look how cool I am. Look how good I'm doing. Look at, look at me, right? Like anytime we're like, hey, look at me, there, there's, there's some disconnect there, right? Because the deeper we get into scriptures, look more at Jesus. Look at what he he is doing in me. Look at what he is doing through me. And so we see this and we have to remember that each step of this process is getting to know my Savior, getting to know Jesus, getting to know his words and his truth. And I can remember uh, when my wife and I first started dating and um, I was, uh, if you've seen my boys running around, they're very active boys. I was the same way. I was very active. I played every sport known to man. And uh, I was in all these different clubs because my mom told me that, hey, when uh, you get done with school, you either got to work or you got to play a sport, right? Like it was just the rule in our house. We had, had to stay busy and all of these things. And I was just an active voice. So my uh, natural tendency was not to spend hours on the phone. Right. Like that's just not to sit still and to be on the phone. And we didn't have cell phones back then, but uh, to, to sit next to the, the phone that you had to stay connected to in the house. Right. Like all of these things or try to sign on the Internet. It wasn't my, my normal nature to spend that time. But when I started dating her. Right. Ooh, everything changed, right? Like all of a sudden, look at the phone. It's like, we've been on the phone for an hour, right? Like we've been on the phone for an hour and a half, two hours, right? And then at the end of that, you're like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up, right? Like, no, you, right? Like you're in that, that, that moment, that time of relationship, right? And you think about that. And I think about because what changed in me was the person on the other side of the phone, right? What changed, I didn't care about the phone. Like I don't care about all of those things. What I wanted to do was to get to know her. What I wanted to do was talk to her and in our relationship with God. We begin to think about the time that is spent, right? The, the habits that we create, the habits are great, but the habits get me to Jesus, right? They get me to the relationship. It's the avenue that God wants to use because I want to know my Savior, the one who loved me first, the one who pursued me first, the one who died on the cross for me, the one who set me free who forgave me, who took my burden, who took my pain, who took my hurts, and he began to heal those in me. I want to know him more, right? 
And God begins to change that in us. And so as we get ready to wrap up here, I begin to think about uh, uh, this verse. And there's so much in this one verse. And if you ever uh, think about reading scripture and you find one verse that you really like, I want to encourage you to just start picking that verse apart. Look at each word and see what each word means and how that interacts with you and I. If we look at this verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, there's two words that I believe are so powerful. It says, seek first. Seek. Uh, that word seek is an active, right? Like it's an active word for you and I. It's not a sit back and let me just see what happens, right? Let me just accidentally fall into these habits. Let me accidentally uh, grow in my relationship with God. You and I both know we've been alive long enough that things usually for the better don't happen by accident, right? It takes very prayerful, intentional, daily, consistent steps, right? To see that improvement. And the same thing in our relationship with God. Seek first. It's an active. I need to take those steps. How can I walk in my, in my day and seek first? And so our minds may immediately go, you know what? That means the very first part of my day. Very first thing when I wake up, which that can be great. It's one of the things I love to do just because uh, my mind is so busy. I, I need to kind of clear it out for a minute, get God's direction first. But seek first. I want you to think about your day as a whole. Right, your day as a whole, and then saying, you know what? Well, I'm going to plan how I'm going to spend time with God at some point in my day. Right? Like I'm going to seek first. I'm going to put the big pieces in first. If it's the most important thing I can do today and this week, then I'm going to pre-decide when I'm going to spend that time. Right? Like I'm going to pre-decide. I'm going to look at my schedule, look at my calendar. When is going to be a great time for me? And for the mornings, maybe getting up early, that's something that you can do. Right? It could be on your lunch break. You have 30 minutes by yourself while you're eating lunch to open up God's word and begin to pray and, and to think about that. It could be a, a moment during the day. It could be even at night. Right? Like when everybody else has gone to bed, I'm going to take 30 more minutes, an hour, whatever it may be, 15 more minutes. I'm going to open up God's word. I'm going to soak that in. If you do it at night, the only thing I would encourage you is to take some notes or maybe write something on a note card and then put it by your bed. So when you wake up the next morning, you kind of take what God spoke to you last night and you can carry it on your day all the way through the day, the next day. Right? So just something like that. But you and I, we are pre-deciding the, the steps that we are taking. I heard somebody say, loyalty is decided before the situation arises. And I love that quote, right? Because loyalty is decided before a situation arises. Maybe you remember this Old Testament story, Daniel in the lion's den. Right. Where uh, Daniel was told he has to conform to this king who said, you know what, if you don't bow down to me, then I'm going to throw you in the lion's den and these lions are going to eat you up and they're going to kill you. Right. But Daniel, if you read the book of Daniel, Daniel had this holy habit of praying three times a day. The Bible tells us exactly that's what he did. Three times a day, he would go up by the window and he would pray to God and get filled by God. So when he got into the lion's den, he didn't even have to think about it. He knew he needed to go to his savior. He had already created this holy, consistent habit to where I'm in trouble. I need to pray first. Uh, uh, this is going on in my life. I need to pray first. I need to spend some time with God. I need to be renew my mind. I need to renew my heart. This became a holy habit for him to do. And uh, Craig Rochelle says this. It's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference, but what we do consistently that makes a difference. Day in and day out, we say, you know what? Here's my day. And I'm going to pre-decide. And so I would encourage you. I looked up some of these statistics. And I think Jason, when he preached one week, he shared some of these statistics as well. Uh, but for you and I, we have 
24 hours in a day, right? Everybody has 24 hours in a day. And if you work an eight-hour job, we have eight hours that you're there, maybe. Maybe you work 10 hours, but somewhere around eight hours. And then you have eight hours of sleep, right? And that leaves another eight-hour block in our day. But uh, that can easily be filled pretty quickly, right? Back and forth. Also, same thing, just the uh, perspective begin to think about is we have 168 hours in a week. Somebody has some water I can borrow. <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you. Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't know what happened to my throat. <coughs> Jacob, we just became best friends. We drink out of the same bottle. Okay, yeah. No, you hang up. All right. So, excuse me. <coughs> here we go. All right. So, a couple of things as we get ready to close here. And we think about the consistently, but I think the pre-deciding is huge. Because anything important we do in our life, we want to pre-decide, this is what I want. I want to do an intention. I'm going to seek first. I'm going to look at my day, and the first thing that I'm going to put in my calendar over time with my spouse, don't, don't hate at me now, over my spending time with my spouse, over spending time with my kids, over being at work, all of those things, I want to seek God first because it's the most important thing that I can do with my time, right? Because I need to be filled up first. I need to be filled to overflowing so now I can actually love my kids the way that Christ loves the church. I can love my wife the way that Christ has loved us. And we get a picture of righteousness. We get a picture of holiness first. And then we live out of that. And so we decide on that first. And so three things I'd love to encourage you to do is pick a time, pick a place, and have a plan. A time, a place, and a plan. Have a time, a place, and a plan. So you know what? I, the, I'm going to do lunchtime at work in my car, and uh, here is what I'm going to read, right? Here's my plan. Uh, you know, one of these right here, you may just say, oh, I'm going to read here. But I, I would encourage you to have a plan. What am I reading? You can get the Version Bible app, the, pick a plan that you want to read there. Maybe your small group is reading something. If you're looking for a plan, here's what I would encourage you to do, because I talked about it last week. Start in the book of John. Read through the book of John and then go back to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? Begin to read that and then just continue on in the New Testament. Now, just like eating, we need, I need some more water. <coughs> uh, just like eating, we need that healthy diet of God's word. Because if we're not careful, we're just like, you know what? I love Ephesians. I'm just going to keep reading Ephesians, you know? And then we get into 1 Peter and are like, whoo, I didn't know all this was in here about holiness and pursuing all this, right? And all of a sudden, we get that healthy diet, reading the Old Testament and pursuing God. But a time, a place, and a plan. And so I'm going to invite uh, Jacob back up, and he's going to sing. And we're going to do a holy habit that God called the church to do, and that is communion. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to read this piece of scripture. Because... You may be asking this question, why do I need to keep pursuing these holy habits? And we need to remember our why, because the devil's going to tell us you can't do it. You don't need to do it. Everything else is more important, right? Our own mind, right, starts to battle within us. We're tired and all of these different things, right? All of these uh, excuses will be in our way. So we need to remember our why. It's to get closer to Jesus, to feed my faith. And Matthew 7 tells us, too, that when the storms come, 
I have these holy habits that I've built my foundation up. And I'm not waiting until the storm to dive into what God's word has. So I'm not waiting on the storm to say, I need Jesus now. No, I'm starting now, right? Building my house, building these habits. And so, but I want to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. It's going to be on the TVs. And this is a powerful, incredible revelation of who God is calling you and his church to be. And the holy habits that you and I take day in and day out help us to live into this in our world today. And so 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. What a picture. God's inviting you and inviting me into this eternal global picture of what he wants to do. He wants to bring each and every person into relationship with him so that they can receive the mercy that we receive. They can receive the identity that we get in Christ. And the holy habits, the, the steps that we take, we're saying, you know what? I'm stepping into that. I'm seeking first into that. I, I want that for me. I want that for my neighborhood. I want that for my house, right? I want that for my workplace. I want God to do a mighty work in that. But it starts with you and I taking Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and going, God, I trust you with my life. I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to believe that you can do a mighty work in me. And so let's pray together. And then uh, we're going to do communion together. And the way we're going to do communion is I'm going to invite you to come up and grab a communion cup. And then you'll get a chance to go back to your seat. And uh, then we will, I will walk you through the steps of taking communion. If you're a guest here uh, at the church, if you'd like to participate in communion, you're more than welcome. But if not, that's okay. Um, you can uh, spend that time just in reflection and prayer, whatever you would like there. Uh, but you're more than welcome to join us in this time. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the moments that we have together, God. Thank you that you want to do a, a holy work in us, that you want to shape us into your image. God, I pray that you give us wisdom and discernment and revelation of the next steps that we should take, God. God, we pray for your clarity. We pray for the boldness and the uh, encouragement to walk in that, God. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.